It is wonderful to be back on Search the Scriptures today with all of our listeners. What a blessing to be able to open up God's Word on a day-to-day basis and study it, talk about it, teach it, proclaim the truths that are written therein on just such an open basis without fear of having to be shut down by any kind of uh, overbearing laws to just be able to open up the Bible and teach it clearly and openly and forthrightly. It's a real blessing. And we appreciate this opportunity to be here every day on Search the Scriptures with you. And we pray that you are enjoying this time because you are realizing that you're actually learning the Bible. That is really our goal. Just as the name suggests, search the scriptures, get into God's word, dig deep, get beneath the surface, look at it in detail and in depth, and try to understand what God wants us to do with our lives as his children created in his image. It's good to be here today along with Dennis Stackhouse. Thank you, Gary. It's a real joy for me to be on the program as well. And I am really appreciative of what you said just a few moments ago that, you know, one of our hopes on Search the Scriptures is people are really going to feel as though they're learning God's Word, that they're learning more about the Bible. And I think that for many people, they probably look at the Bible as so much information that they might become intimidated by it. You know, they might think, oh, look how large this book is. Look how much there is to learn. Well, really, God's Word is simple in so many ways. We can learn it if we diligently apply ourselves to study it and to carefully read it, to digest it, to pray about it. We can come to a good understanding of what God expects us to be as His people today. And again, We hope that through this program, Search the Scriptures, we're able to help people at least in some degree accomplish that very thing. Amen. I guess the body of information, if we could put it that way, that people need to know most in this world today Mm -hmm. is the Bible, hands down. It really is. It's going to equip people to live their lives on a more extended basis, you know, multifaceted, if you want to think of it that way. Mm -hmm. It applies to every part of our lives. That's right. And so it's going to help us in every part of our lives. It certainly will. And it'll help us in, in the most general way, talking about our lives in general, more so than anything else will. Absolutely. And it will help us to be guided to the best quality of life that we can possibly strive for. That's exactly right. So this is really important that we teach, that we study together on this program each day. It really is. And as you said, Gary, it's such a blessing that we have the opportunity to do this. I know I just really get anxious every time we come together to do this program. And I know you feel the same way about it as well. It is a real blessing. Now, Dennis, we are coming toward the close of this particular study. We've been looking at this over the last few weeks, and uh, we've been talking about, well, being ready for death. That's right. That's right. And it's an important thing for each one of us to be ready for. We have uh, noted, (laughs) emphasized, if you would, that a lot of people don't like to think about that subject. No, it's not very popular. It makes people uncomfortable. It does. 
And I think a lot of the discomfort has to do with not just the fact that death has such a finality about it in the minds of a lot of people, or even that they are so uncertain about, well, exactly what is it going to be like? What is going to happen for sure afterwards? Mm -hmm. But it's rather because people realize that they're not really ready. They have not lived their lives in such a way as to be prepared properly mm-hmm. to face eternity. Yes, and I, I believe that deep down people realize that. Yes. It's interesting. Um, I was listening to something just uh, recently, and I think I'm going to try to, to work with this particular concept and principle uh, in, in the form of a you know, formal study. But there was a fellow talking about God's plan for man's redemption. Mm -hmm. And he came to the point where it talks about people need to repent of their sins. Mm -hmm. And he emphasized, you know, I believe that most people who do not become Christians, it is not because they do not believe in Jesus. It is not because they are unwilling to confess their faith in Christ, it's because they're not ready to repent. That's interesting. Yeah, they're not ready to stop sinning. Yes. And I, thinking about that as he was making that particular point, I thought, yeah, that's that's probably right. It could well be. And that's what really that plays into what we're talking about, about being ready for death. It does. And why so many people don't want to think about it, Mm -hmm. let alone give it a serious in-depth study. Yes. And you know, going along that same idea, Gary, maybe it's also connected with the fact that people fail to realize or fail to admit that sin is passing. You know, Moses uh, spoke about it as being a passing pleasure uh, recorded in the 11th chapter of Hebrews. And he was able to see past that, as the writer pointed out to us. He was able to look beyond that to see the riches that God had waiting for him in eternity. Yes. In fact, one translation at least talks about uh, the way Moses explained it, or you know, Moses recognized it as being fleeting pleasures. The yes. pleasures of sin were fleeting; mm-hmm. they're just for a season. Yes, and you know, I've I've seen people experience that kind of thing. I think over and over again, where they they think, "Oh, this is going to make me happy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have a big time." But it's real fast. It's over. That's right. And now they're, they're left with some emptiness mm-hmm. because it was a very fleeting pleasure. It was for a moment. Mm-hmm. The moment has passed, as you said, yep. and now there's that hole in their life again. That's right. We've, we've looked at it from that particular perspective. What if you knew? What if you realized? What if you were privy to the information that you had only 24 hours to live and you weren't ready to mm-hmm. die? You weren't yes. ready for eternity. You weren't ready to face the judgment. And then we looked at that from another perspective, similar to that, Uh, but it was from the perspective of the person who had learned about Christ, who had learned about salvation in Christ, and had come to that salvation, Mm -hmm. but then had gone back, turned their back on their Savior, and went back into sin. Yes. And so they weren't ready to face judgment. Mm -hmm. 
And then we talked about it from the perspective of the individual who was ready. They had their life straight. Mm-hmm. But there, were, there was someone in their life, maybe several someones, who they cared about who was not ready. Yes. I mean, they, they were pretty sure because they knew those individuals, they knew how they lived their lives, that they weren't ready to face the judgment. Mm-hmm. And so now what do they do in the last day of their life? Mm-hmm. They're probably going to try to spend some time during that time to reach out to those people in some way. That's right. Now, in this last section of study, we've been looking at the person who is ready. He's got his ducks in a row, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's only going to be by God's grace that any of us will be saved. Right. But he has followed God's teachings. Mm-hmm. He has been faithful. You know, the Apostle Paul, uh, when he was facing death himself, at least he seems to be indicated, indicating that he was pretty much expecting to die. In, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he, you know, he, he tells Timothy in verse 6, I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and mm-hmm. the time of my departure is at hand. Yes. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, he says all of that. Now, that's encouraging. Mm-hmm. But what is even more encouraging is the next verse. Yes, it is. He says, finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Mm -hmm. So he says, I've not just run this course. I've not just finished this race. I've not just kept the faith, lived a life of Christian character. But he says, there's waiting for me that crown of life. Mm-hmm. I can look forward to eternal life with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And the great encouragement for each one of us in that verse as well, Gary, is how he ends it up. Not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. And that's the promise to us. That's the promise to us. The yes. one that we can really claim as our own. Yes. What an incredible promise. So that's what we're looking at in this particular section, this last section of this study. What about that person? What about you? And and really, we need to to frame it in such a way in our thinking as, I want to be that person. Mm -hmm. I want to be that person Mm -hmm. who has, when he has only 24 hours left, he's ready. Mm -hmm. He's ready. Now, we've been talking about that. And, and t- kind of going through um, some, some thoughts along that line, what it'll be like for that particular person, um, what heaven's going to be like, what living with God and Christ in their very presence is going to be like. And it's just awesome to contemplate. Yes, it is. Really it's is. really difficult for us to fully grasp. Well, it is, and and I think that's the case, Gary, because so many of the pictures that were given about heaven, and you know, you can think about John's writings in the Revelation specifically, but so many of those pictures, he's trying to describe spiritual things with physical terms. Yes. Yeah, eternal things with finite terms. Yeah. (laughs) And that's got to be tough. It is. It is. How do you describe a place like heaven that is compared to this world, any city Mm -hmm. in this world, is almost indescribable? Yes. 
Yes, but he does be. that well by using things that we can relate to that, that mm-hmm. speak of glorious appearance and so on. Mm-hmm. Now, in Isaiah chapter 25, verses 8 and 9, what a blessing that this is to look forward to when we're in heaven with God. There we read, He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. The rebuke of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. And it will be said in that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. We've already looked at where you know it tells us no more death. Mm-hmm. Here it comes again, and this goes all the way back to Isaiah, yes. writing, you know, somewhere perhaps a thousand years before Christ, mm-hmm. and nine hundred to a thousand perhaps. And um, here he's saying the same thing: looking ahead, mm-hmm. no more death, no more death. He will swallow up death forever, and again, God will wipe away tears from all faces. Mm-hmm. place of no sorrow. And yes. part of the reason for no sorrow is there's no death or any of the things that go with death that bring on sorrow. Mm-hmm. Yes, and certainly death is one of the primary things that brings sorrow to us, Gary, but there are so many other things in this life that contribute to it as well. And that, I think, again, makes it difficult for us from our perspective to really get our heads wrapped around this because we have no experience like that in this earth. No, we don't. Death is a reality Absolutely. You know, it, it's interesting, Dennis, in that ninth verse, that in the middle of the verse it says, we have waited for him and he will save us. Mm-hmm. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Mm-hmm. I think we see there a sense of patience. Yes. And, and that goes back to what Paul said, as we just read in 2 Timothy chapter 4, where he says, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. There's that patience, that patient perseverance that needs to be there. Jesus put it in, in Revelation 2 and verse 10, be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. That's right. Patience. And he says the patience has its reward. Oh, yes. We have waited for him and he will save us. Yes. You know, that should be, it is. Dennis, every listener out there who's wondering, well, what if I do become a faithful Christian? Can I live that life? Mm -hmm. Uh, What's in it for me? You have more to gain from living your life as a faithful Christian mm-hmm. than from any other possible lifestyle that you could imagine. Absolutely. Live the life. Be patient in your faithfulness. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus said, in your patience, you will keep your soul. Now, that's not exactly the way he said it, but pretty close. Mm-hmm. And again, it's the idea of patient, perseverant, persevering faithfulness. Mm-hmm. I'm reminded of Paul again in the third chapter of Philippians, 
speaking about something very similar, he, he spoke about forgetting his past, putting that behind him in verse 13 of that text. And, you know, when you think about Paul, he had a lot to put behind him. I mean, he describes himself as a violent aggressor, a real ardent persecutor of the church. And yet, he said, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and pressing forward to what lies ahead. And there again is that idea of patient perseverance. Uh, we might call it relentless perseverance, as he was looking forward to that heavenly reward that, again, he spoke about in Second Timothy chapter 4. Yes. And, and it's, it's the idea, again, hang in there. Yes. Don't give up. Stay faithful. Mm-hmm. Live the life. And all oh, the reward will be far greater than anything mm-hmm. that you might feel like you're suffering mm-hmm. for your faith. I That's believe right. the, the statement from Jesus was more exactly, in your patience, you possess your souls. Yes. And again, the idea, again, of that patience. Well, let's, let's look at another passage here. Revelation 20 and verse 14. What does that say there? Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Death and Hades. Now, it seems as though we get the understanding, or at least we can get the understanding, that the devil's going to be out of business. I think we talked about this in a recent program. Yes. He's going to be out of business in eternity. Mm -hmm. Now, death is going to be out of business, too. That's right. So we don't have to fear death. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about it. We're not going to experience any of the sorrows that go along with it, the pains, the sufferings. And that then helps us understand why no more tears, no more sorrow. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's Interesting. Right. Interesting. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. What does verse 26 say? The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a great chapter. Our listeners, maybe we ought to come sometime and just do an entire study on 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 15. Mm-hmm. Tremendous treatise on the resurrection. Yes, it is. But the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Ah, final victory. Yes. And you get that sense of victory there. Yes, you now, do. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 23, what does Paul say there? Not only that, but we also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. Paul, I think, is getting across there the idea that, you know, we're going through this life and we struggle Mm -hmm. because of all the things that we're faced with in this life. Right. But the faithful Christian the one who comes to that last 24-hour threshold before he dies, the one who's got his life in order before God, he can look forward to that time. Oh, He can even long for it because he sees it as a release from all of this mess that we go through in our physical lives. And I think that's exactly what Paul indicates there, Gary, when he says, eagerly waiting for the adoption. You're not just waiting for it. It's not a passive thing. Paul says you are eagerly waiting for it. 
Let's look at another text along this line. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and how about reading the first eight verses there? For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Now, that, that this house, this tent, he's talking about our earthly house, this tent, he's talking about our physical body. Yes, he is. Okay. Yes. Uh, picking up in verse 2. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Paul really goes into some detail here, doesn't he, in, mm -hmm. in getting across how that faithful Christian facing that last 24 hours, and even before that, he can be looking forward to, and he gives the idea that, boy, I'm ready. I'm oh, ready. Yes. Oh, I want to go. I mm -hmm. want to be with my Lord. Mm -hmm. I like that word groan in verse yes. 2. Yes. Uh, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven, to have that spiritual body, to yeah. be there with God and Christ in their very presence and face the reality of what we've been living toward for our entire physical existence. Mm. What a great thought. We're going to wrap up this particular study in our next program. We want to encourage our listeners to contact us and ask for that free Bible study We'll send it to you in the mail. We'll even pay the postage. And you can learn how you can look forward to that time when you will face the judgment because you have lived your life faithfully before God.